Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm digging further into my pile of DVDs that I have yet to review with this offering, The Conjured, uh, Certificate 18. And just to read you the brief description on the back of the box. When Daniela inherits a house from an aunt she didn't know she had, she quickly moves in and befriends some of the locals. Before she's even settled, Daniela begins seeing visions of a woman who was tortured and killed for being a witch and who bears a striking resemblance to Daniela. But the connection between the two may be more than skin deep in this terrifying supernatural nightmare. So I had high hopes. Uh, my hopes were heightened by the fact that at the beginning of the movie there were some trailers uh, from High Flyers. And I recognised the name from The Cleansing, which is another film that I recently reviewed. And I was like, oh, OK, I quite enjoyed The Cleansing. Hopefully this one will be a, a, of a similar pedigree. Now, unfortunately, this was not a great film for me. It was It was OK, but... Some of the films that I review, they start shit, end shit, and they're just boring in the middle. Some films kind of, you don't know if they're going to be good or not till you reach the end and you see how everything is tied up. And some films start strong and then they peter out. And this was definitely the case with this one. It started really strong. It was very tense. There was a lot of stuff going on. And then the last 20 minutes were just silly. So, um... I'm going to get into it and I'm going to give trigger warnings for violence and gore, abuse, uh, suicide and situations similar to sexual assault. The first scene of the film is a robe figure cutting out a woman's heart while she is on a rack shaped like an upside down pentacle and uh, in the woods. And I surmise that this was happening in modern times because the woman was wearing like a plaid pattern shirt. Uh, so it just it seemed modern and I didn't really know how this was going to fit into the storyline. Apparently the makers of the film did not either because this was not mentioned again or really covered again. So we never really find out who that woman is or what the point of seeing her murder was. And then after that scene, Adeline comes up on the screen um, as if it's a title of the film. But the film is called The Conjured. Now, I assume Adeline was going to be the original title, but this film came out in 2015, which is the same year that The Age of Adeline, another movie, came out. So I don't know why they decided to call it The Conjured instead, as The Conjuring had come out in 2013, two years previously. So um, they really could have called it something else and maybe something that actually relates to the content of the film, because there's actually no conjuring that takes place in the movie. Uh, but we'll learn the importance of Adeline as we go through so we sit down and have a little conversation uh, between the main character Daniela who's referred to as Danny and her friend Megan Megan is an aspiring actress and she keeps getting cast as like a badass in various movies about vampires and stuff uh, and she's currently going for a role as an FBI agent in something else and this becomes important later uh, they talk a little bit about how Danny doesn't have a lot of money because she's a struggling artist and she can't get an art show anywhere and uh, she's generally being covered on the rent by her friend Megan and the two are very close. She paints some pictures which to be honest they don't look that great but then she decides to go through her mail and finds a letter which is revealed to be from a lawyer regarding a house left to her by her late aunt Sophia who she had no prior knowledge of. This house is apparently in somewhere called San Andreas which was definitely my favourite Grand Theft Auto game and I was happy to have it mentioned in this for some reason i assumed the film wasn't going to end with her flying a combine harvester but you know you can never tell but she finds out about this house and uh, decides to move there because i mean she doesn't have a whole lot else going on this happens gratifyingly fast 
in the film because you know it was on the back of the box we all know it's coming let's just get it over with she also goes to visit her therapist for for some reason and she talks to him about recurring nightmares that she's had since she was a kid because her parents died when she was very young and she was sent to live with an uncle and his kids and her cousins picked on her quite a lot and in one instant locked her in a wooden box behind a barn and she has like recurring nightmares that she's trapped in a a box and her therapist then asks her if she fantasizes about bondage which seems hella inappropriate but she doesn't seem to notice so um i don't know what's happening there the whole guy the guy just has a weird vibe she then arrives at her house uh, which looks like the house from charmed both inside and out but it's sort of just in the middle of nowhere and she meets a lady called becky who's the realtor and she seems friendly in a small town way uh, and she talks about the aunt who used to own the place who died by falling down the stairs she also says that the woman had no children and that her husband died when he was comparatively young but that he was like a collector of, of furniture and stuff so there's a lot of that in the house we never really hear anything about this aunt again and she ceases to be relevant to the story but Danny is, because of all this like background information, interested in the house so she asks Becky to like look up some history about the house for her uh, and becky says that she will do we then see danny like unpacking and making the house her own and then she bumps into a hot guy at the grocery store who's probably going to become her love interest then she also meets a guy who she saw on her way into town and i thought he was strimming the edge of the road but it turns out he has a metal detector which makes less sense um but he's being picked on by just local teens and, and so she like befriends him uh, because he seems to have some sort of learning disability and uh, to be honest I wasn't really comfortable with the way that that was done throughout the film because there's like tropes in horror where someone who has like a learning disability or just a random black character will just show up and have knowledge that the protagonist needs uh, magically and um, this guy fulfilled both of those tropes and also seemed to be there for comedic effect so um, that was really weird and uh probably the biggest minus about the movie uh but he tells her that the reason he has a metal detector is because he is looking for treasure which is hidden somewhere in the town which is a story his granddad used to tell him uh danny then investigates the creepy attic of her house and finds a memory album and a snow globe that is engraved happy birthday adeline she then finds something which i think was meant to be like a painting or something but it basically just looks like a big square piece of wood and on the back is carved a really long poem or prophecy uh, which says something about a stranger coming from overseas and an orphan and uh, that a secret is going to be revealed but i couldn't be bothered to write it all down her friend megan then comes to visit and they mention danny's former boyfriend tony but she doesn't really want to talk about him which is fair enough uh, and then she runs into the grocery store guy again and he's called john he's her closest neighbor uh, and he says that he also happens to be an artist and so i'm instantly suspicious of john because he seems too good to be true uh, danny starts to have lots of nightmares and dreams about basically herself in a bad black wig just sort of roaming around the house in an old-timey nightdress and so she paints a picture of this person then someone dressed all in black sneaks into her house and paints a bloody inverted pentagram on the wall and when she calls the local police they seem uninterested and say it was probably just kids. I mean even if it is just kids they still broke into her house and painted something on the wall in blood but yeah this never gets investigated. Uh, she starts having like even more detailed dreams and she sees an old timey looking man burning a book which he's taken from 
dark haired her but dark haired her rescues it from the fire and then hides it behind a panel in the wall and sure enough when she wakes up checks the same panel she finds an old diary uh, which is adeline's diary and she says that a lot of bad stuff started happening following her 18th birthday and that she believes that she is cursed because her sister hilda found her other sister anna basically fucking her fiance and that while trying to hit her with their dad's rifle shot her by accident and so anna died and then later hilda killed herself because she couldn't live with the guilt of having accidentally killed her sister and the dad for some reason uh, blames adeline for this and says it's down to her black magic and locks her in the attic which i guess is when she started carving the stuff that um danny had found earlier i was not clear as to why he ascribed this to black magic but this is explained later Danny asks Marvin about local history, local graves, and then goes on a hunt with him to try and find Hilda and Anna's graves because she is interested in finding out about the people who are in the diary. She finds on their gravestones that it says they died on the 11th, but then she looks at the diary as if this doesn't quite match up, and I couldn't actually read what was in the diary, even though I paused it and looked, because it did look like the number had two digits. So I was like, so was it later that she said that this had happened? Because I don't see how that's interesting. But apparently it was because the diary entry was written on the 8th and they didn't die till the 11th. So she thinks that Adeline was somehow foreseeing the future. She then visits John to ask him, as he grew up in the area, if he knows anything about this witch who was meant to have lived in her house, which is what Marvin was telling her about. But he says he didn't grow up there. John also spends an inordinate amount of time shirtless. Like he's he, he has a shirt off a lot. And he also says that she can't come into his place because it's a mess. So I'm now even more suspicious of John. She has some more dreams that suggest that the ghost girl has been buried somewhere and wants to be found. And then she visits Megan and they go and visit a psychic to see if the psychic has anything to say on the matter. And she says that Adeline is part of Daniela and she pulls the inverted pentagram card from whatever the fuck deck she's using and tells Danny to be careful. We then see some stranger stalking John and Danny as they walk through the woods. She has more bad dreams about being chased by a guy with a knife and buried alive. And the therapist says that she should take some sleeping pills and uh, get some rest because clearly she's exhausted. But when he puts his notebook down, we see that he's drawn a naked woman strapped to an inverted pentagram and has written horrific death on it. Um, this is never brought up again and we never see this therapist again, but I hope he got his license taken away because this is irresponsible. The psychic is also then murdered. Danny then gets John over to do some carpentry work at her house and goes out to get stuff to make him dinner. When Becky drops by to talk to Danny about some local history shit she's dug up, she says that John looks familiar, but she also talks to him in a way that suggests that she doesn't recognise him as a local resident, which is very sketchy. Uh, Danny then makes dinner for John and then comes on to him. They do the frick-a-frack snicker-snack. And then John says that Danny is very special and he's been waiting his whole life for her, which sounds very weird and sinister and at this point i got really annoyed with the film because it was so obvious that john was evil that i was expecting there to be some sort of twist where it turned out he was just you know not evil but no he's he's definitely the evil guy and you know it for the whole movie also right at the beginning when we first meet danny she's brushing her teeth while an incredibly obvious news broadcast is on the radio talking about an escaped mental patient and serial killer called jacob who is still on the run so that's probably John. Danny then finds another carving in the attic that says you will die today and mentions the 13th day. And then the stalking guy appears in her house 
and it's her ex Tony who then proceeds to grab her throat and threaten her because although he cheated on her he still feels entitled to a relationship for some reason because he's I guess insane but he's interrupted by Marvin arriving looking for his binoculars which uh, Danny then goes to find with him and uh, Tony disappears Uh, we then go to Becky's house where she's looking at some old pictures with a magnifying glass and she goes oh my god like she's discovered something and then a hooded figure goes into her house and kills her I don't know what it is she's meant to have discovered because it turns out that these old pictures have nothing to do with the murders that are currently happening. Maybe she discovered that Daniela was absolutely identical to Adeline, but we already knew that because she'd found pictures of her. So I don't don't really know what she was meant to have found out. But Becky's dead. Uh, Megan and Danny then celebrate Danny's birthday and an awful secret comes out because Megan paid a prostitute called Candy to sleep with Tony to prove that he was going to cheat on Danny when when they got married because he was already cheating on her with a bunch of other people who wouldn't come forward so that seems fair enough to me it's not like she made him sleep with someone or like it was entrapment she just paid a woman to come on to him and then he slept with her so I don't get what the fuss is about but uh Danny does make a big fuss and she kicks Megan out we see a hooded figure with a bunch of knives and some incense and a pentacle book setting up for a ritual in the woods. Marvin's also in the woods metal detecting and Megan is in a car getting a call to say that she's been cast as this FBI agent. So at this point we basically know where all the characters are so there's not very many options for who this robed figure can be. Uh, then Tony creeps up on Danny in her house. He's drunk and he has a knife uh, and he's like a bit threatening her. Marvin uncovers something that he's detected with his metal detector which turns out to be a coffin that is chained shut it is not full of treasure it's full of bones and inside the lid is a carving that says daniela adeline and then it says save daniela because daniela is an anagram of adeline because of this message marvin decides to like hightail it over to her house to see if she needs any help but when he gets there there's no sign of her or her ex-boyfriend and there's an inverted pentagram drawn in blood on the mirror marvin then goes I don't know where I think it was meant to be like an outbuilding of her house maybe but I also thought maybe it was meant to be John's barn where he wouldn't let her look at his stuff because he said it was a mess but I don't know how Marvin would have known to go there but, but the film doesn't say so I don't know where he went but he finds all of her hair cut off from the floor and a bunch of occult pictures and some anagram number squares some of which incorporate the name Jacob so it's pretty clear that the mental patient Jacob is involved in this. Uh, Daniela is then shown to be tied to an inverted pentagram thing like the woman at the beginning as some sort of satanic rite is being performed by the robed figure. She thinks the robed figure is Tony for some reason but it is soon revealed to be John to the surprise of no one. Marvin then arrives at the ritual site and John mocks him and calls him the R word and then gives him a knife in like a mocking way to be like well you have a weapon now so why don't you fight me? And then Marvin pepper sprays him in the face. But uh, while he's trying to untie Daniela, he does get stabbed in the back and falls down. So Marvin's out of the scene. John then reveals that he is Jacob to the surprise of no one. And uh, he says that he's there to break the chain of reincarnation and gain the power of future generations because she was previously sacrificed here and has come back. This is as clear as fucking mud because although the back of the box say that someone was tortured and executed for being a witch, that hasn't been shown in the movie. All we've seen is that Adeline predicted the deaths of her sisters and then was locked up in the attic for a bit. It doesn't say she was executed, it doesn't even say she was tortured, just that she was locked up by her drunk dad. So 
key events have been missed out somewhere uh, to explain why this is happening. Also, I'll point out that it isn't even explained that Adeline is related to Daniela. The family tree here isn't defined in any way. She doesn't share a last name with Adeline. So as far as I'm aware, these are just like people who used to live in the house before her aunt lived there. Um, and I wasn't really clear on the connection. But anyway, as John goes up to try and stab Daniela, he's all like, the people in the asylum used to call me crazy and I didn't like it. And then she goes, I thought you liked me, John. And that was the point at which I was like, oh, this is getting silly now because someone has gotten drunk and then proceeded to try and write dialogue. But just as John is about to try and stab Danny, Megan, who didn't get murdered earlier, so I was expecting her to show up, just appears behind him and stabs him to death. And then she rescues Danny and they like go to see if Marvin is okay despite being, you know, stabbed. We then leave that scene and we cut to like the little summing up scene at the end. They're back in the graveyard, but now there's a new gravestone beside the original ones for Hilda and Anna. And sure enough, Danny has organised to have Adeline's remains moved to the graveyard and buried with her sisters. Marvin shows up because he's fine, I guess, and he's reminding them that they need to be on time to go to Danny's new art show, which is already sold out and like critics are applauding it and she's going to win like the Nobel Art Prize for being good at art. Uh, and then the movie ends. So I kind of liked the setup for this, the whole like being left this house with the mysterious history. I've seen that in like some other films, some other books, and it's always a, a reasonably good setup, which I enjoy. Um, and I was kind of hoping that eventually we would get another flashback similar to the first one about the deaths of the sisters, where it would be explained what had happened to Adeline and what her relationship was to Daniela. Because obviously, if the two sisters died and also then Adeline died and the father was drunk and there didn't seem to be a mother in the picture like what was the line of succession whose child if Daniela is meant to be related to them how like none of them seem to have had children so which member of the family were they meant to be related to I, I, I was unclear I was also unclear as to what the whole deal was um, with John slash Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and what he was trying to achieve whether he was just crazy or whether there was some reasoning behind this. If we'd seen a guy who looked like him in the flashbacks, I would have bought the whole reincarnation thing a little bit more. Um, maybe the fiance was meant to look like him, but we saw him for so little time that I wasn't actually able to tell. But um, it did seem like there were quite a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of plot things that weren't fully explained, and that too much time was really spent getting to know the characters which they were really well characterized like Daniela and Megan especially like their relationship and everything but I felt like maybe some time had been wasted on scenes that we didn't need as opposed to explaining the actual backstory behind the characters and why the storyline made sense so for that reason and because there isn't a huge amount of witch content a witch is mentioned um briefly it's more mentioned on the back of the box that um adeline was a witch she isn't really labeled as a witch in the film similarly john does a teeny bit of like ritual stuff but not a huge amount and he does seem to be a satanist rather than a witch and i realize you can be both but he doesn't seem to be like doing anything witchy or calling himself a witch so there's a disappointing lack of witch content as well as a plot that doesn't really make a huge amount of sense or pay off that much so sure i recommend this film but uh it wasn't terrible and if you're looking for like 
a thriller with some ghost elements, then I would probably more recommend it as that rather than a film that's about witches because it doesn't really fit that bill. But unlike the other films that I watched that didn't have witches in, there was at least, you know, mentions of witchcraft and stuff that just didn't make it just sound like they just made it up for the box. So it gets a point for that. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have other films that you would like to recommend, be they witchy or otherwise, because to be honest, I seem to have accrued quite a collection of films that aren't actually about witches somehow do get in touch you can do so in the comment section via twitter or by email and i'll see you in the next one bye